Hi, so hello everybody, this is Juan, and today I am with Priscilla Harris and Chad Thompson again, he's back. And today we are going to be talking about cannabis and legalization. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves, uh, the work you guys do, and talk a little bit more like on the broader spectrum? Yeah, how you doing? Uh, thanks so much, Juan. I appreciate uh, coming back and <clears throat> had a great time last time talking with you. Uh, my name uh, is Chad Thompson, as you mentioned, and uh, I have been heavily involved in, let's call it legalization, legalization type activism for about the last 10 years. Um, started with the Sensible Marijuana Ordinance, a, a, a decrim ordinance, uh, down to zero fine, zero jail time for misdemeanor marijuana offenses. Uh, originally, was on the ballot and passed in Toledo in 2015, uh, spread throughout uh, the state of Ohio uh, in every major city, about 40 cities, uh, protecting uh, over 3 million people every day. Um, so I've been heavily involved in policy, uh, writing policy, ground roots uh, or grassroots activism on the ground uh, for about the last 10 years. Um, so it's, it's a pleasure to be here and, and talk to you about uh, the exciting information and news that's coming out in Ohio right now. Hi, I'm Priscilla Harris, Executive Director of Sensible Movement Coalition. Um, I got involved in activism work by Chad Thompson. He is the founder of the Decrim Movement, wrote beautiful language for the state of Ohio. Um, and that's how I got involved. I'm excited about legalization. And like you said, we have over 40 cities that have, or roughly 40 cities that have passed um, the decrim ordinance. So that's very exciting. And now we're looking forward to legalization. All right, thank you so much for that, guys. Um, I do have to ask, uh, I know this was not in the questions that I sent you guys earlier unscripted, but in a scale of one to 10, how high are you guys right now? <laughs> You know, it's funny when I when I started to introduce myself, I said, "You said this is Chad Thompson." I said, uh, "Yeah, my name is Chad Thompson." <laughs> <laughs> and and at that moment, I thought, "Boy, I am so." <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I'm probably a nine point five. <laughs> I need to catch up. I just got off work. I'm about a five. <laughs> All right, I was like, you know what, I have to throw like something funny before we even start into like the serious questions here, uh, just to make sure that we go in the, in the right direction. So, so going off that, um, all three of us actually are involved with the Sensible Movement Coalition. Um, I'm the director of marketing, Chad is the, uh, the founder, and Priscilla, you're the current executive director. So do you guys want to share a little bit more about SMC, what does SMC do, and how like SMC actually started and what SMC has done as of today for the like cannabis community. Yeah, Chad, go ahead and start. You founded it. You, you're the highly biggest motivator of the movement. Well, <clears throat> originally, uh, pre-SMC, uh, as I mentioned, um, I got involved in a statewide initiative and uh, realized that the real uh, efficiency, the real power that as citizens we could wield here in Ohio was 
was as grassroots activists, the real power was on the local level. <clears throat> it was manageable. It was doable. Um, we could uh, we could get the, the initiative and the ordinance to the ballot. Um, we could get it passed. So so that's really where I started to spend my time and focus. And it became um, quite a movement uh, in Ohio uh, because it was something that, that could actually get results and, and protect citizens uh, in a real way. And it was something that, that could be done by citizens. So um, the Sensible Movement Coalition really formed out of that uh, as a backdrop, uh, as an organization to kind of corral the efforts of uh, the activists in the state to, to get this um, you know, in as many cities as possible, just for the protection of the citizens and for the advancement of, you know, the, the movement, the legalization movement, if you will, um, or the re-legalization movement, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> and um, uh, I met Priscilla uh, very early, um, probably close to 10 years ago, and um you know, I could tell right away that she was very motivated and very smart and intelligent and, um, and could get things done. And so, um, you know, I, I uh, befriended her, um, you know, just out of, because I'm a friendly guy and uh, she um, certainly proved to be quite the activist. And so when we were looking at uh, who would be involved on the board of the Sensible Movement Coalition, she was certainly in the first round of names that got mentioned. Um, and so that was, I think, in about 2018. So it's been uh, close to five years now. And um, as mentioned, you know, we've, we've done a, a ton of work. And Priscilla, I'll let you go through and kind of give the accolades of the organization as the executive director. So we went through um, city by city and it started with Chad in Toledo. Uh, that was my biggest motivation. I went to one of their meetings and I was like, this can really be done. And he's like, yeah, for Cleveland. And so I joined a team with a, a group of people that was working down there. Chad had wrote the language for us and we got boots on the ground and started collecting signatures. Um, it took many years they did a voter purge on us, um, so that kicked back a lot of our signatures too. So we kept having to fight, um, and in multiple cities, I know Chad. We've had court cases. It's it's been battles at times, but we've never gave up on the people and ending the racial disparities. Just people being targeted, like we did. Um, do you remember the analytics of what dropped down Chad right offhand? It was a report that came out a while back and well, Ohio well, had lowered in certain counties that we had deep rims in. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the specifics. I apologize. Yeah, so we do. It, the, uh, it, pull that up, Jamie. Pull that up for us. <laughs> nice. I wish I had that. <laughs> So to actually, you, you mentioned uh, the decrim movement right now. Do you know like exactly, I think last time I checked and I did the website for SMC actually was uh, like 39 or something cities. How many cities are like as of right now decrim, like an exact amount of cities? There is 39 decriminalized at the current moment. Actually, Chad, is that correct? 
I believe it's 39 and then we have a couple that'll be on November's ballot. Yeah, yep, yep, that's in Ohio uh, in terms of the sensible decrim, which is really like a no fine, no time, uh, which is really more of a depenalization. Um, yeah, I think it's 39. I think that's exactly what it is with a couple more on the ballot this year, which we should top 40. And to ask actually on that question, we'll be mentioning decrim a little uh, here. For listeners that don't know what decriminalization uh, different from legalization is, can you, like one of you guys, explain the decrim compared to like legalization, what the difference are? So when you talk about legalization today, what you're really talking about regulation. That's that's really what, what you know, marijuana is not legalized similar to lettuce, right? Like you can't just go to the store and buy marijuana. It's, it's, it's highly regulated. And um, uh, so, you know, you have basically um, specific stores where you go buy it. It's taxed uh, over and above, you know, there's an excise tax. Um, whereas when you talk about depenalization or, or decriminalization, you're really, it's not legal, but they, they lower the penalty to, to read to, basically it's saying, hey, this is not a serious crime. This is, you know, we're, we're, we're still illegal. It's kind of like jaywalking. Um, it's still illegal, but you know, it's not as big of a deal. We're, we're going to give you a lower fine. And then what we did with the sensible marijuana ordinance is we went even further And we went not with a low fine, but no fine. So that's really more depenalization. Um, it's, it was still illegal. Um, there was no regulatory for, you know, market. You can't go buy it. But, you know, the average person walking down the street with it in their pocket is not going to suffer any social ills or harms or financial um, issues. So, so that's really the big difference. And we had also seen in states that had even a minimal of like a $25 fine, it was still putting collateral consequences on people. Some yeah, people it, not paying them. Yeah, even if it's a small fine, they, the cops still police it as if it's illegal. When you take away the fine, it, it, for some reason, it becomes less policeable they just they lose interest in a sense when the when the fine goes away the jail time goes away the court costs go away it becomes less of an issue like um uh you know many cops overlook jaywalking you know you 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 commonly will walk across the street um in an unmarked crosswalk or you know in, a, in a, across the street and not even think about it and and even do it in front of the cop and not think about it but technically that's illegal but it's just overlooked because everybody knows it's not that big of a deal. And that was really the, the, the whole push to the no fine, no time ordinance was to really just kind of force on the, the police and um, the leaders of the city that this, the citizens see this is no big deal and, and you're going to come with us. That, that makes a lot of sense when explaining and using the jaywalking. I think then for like the average person doesn't know more about like the cannabis industry and those terms that will probably know. But also I will add the link to the Sensible Movement Coalition page to the description of this podcast. So people can also like go in depth of the whole decriminalization description and all that um, to make sure that everybody gets that. 
So I'm, I did have the question on legalization too, and it was more of like the Ohio legalization. Are we trying to do like regulate cannabis, like alcohol products, which is what I heard a lot, or is it like, unquote unquote, like the free tobacco market, which is like still quote unquote, like free market, but it's more, you know, it's more like there's 300,000, I don't know how many like cigarette companies are there, but there's like this many cigarette companies and this many like booze companies. Are we like, is it going to be the same? Like cannabis will be kind of the same. Like, would you be able to have like a cannabis ad on TV kind of um, like um, Bud Light or Budweiser or whatever, you know, you can, would it be the same or would it be like regulated more like tobacco where you cannot have an ad anymore and all that? Priscilla, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the oh, the proposed Ohio law. Um, did you want to speak on that or do you want me to? Go ahead. And I'll just, if I need to cover anything, I'll jump in there with you. So, you know, I got to tell you, Juan, I really had not looked at the language of the um, Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol initiative until two days ago, maybe. Right. Even though even when I knew they were going to be on the ballot, um, I, I just for some reason just I didn't. And maybe it's because it's 41 pages long. That's probably <laughs> that's probably to be honest, that's probably what it was. When I went to their um, website, I saw the 41 pages, too. And I was like, yeah, they ha they did have a summary uh, that I read. And I was like, do I want to read the summary, too, which is like, oh, so I think it's like five <laughs> or six pages. So I was like, mm. I'll maybe listen to it. I'll put it on my computer and have it like the day at the AI voice read it to me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, but, but when you uh, invited me on the podcast to talk about it, which I had already known, I had to take a look at this. Or I, actually, I was hoping maybe somebody else already had and you know could give me a synopsis of it. And um, I put a, a post on Facebook, and nobody really knew anything about it. So. I knew that I was going to have to take a look at it, and then, and then, oddly enough, a day or two later, you asked me about this, so I, so I took the opportunity to deep dive into it, and um, uh, kind of compared it, in a sense, to like other states, right? Like, you know, because listen, when Colorado was legalizing, and Washington State was legalizing, you know, you didn't really know much. It was, it was all brand new. Well, now. We have 25 states, and I'm approximating. Um, it's been around for 10 plus 10 plus years, so we have something to look at as a baseline. And I kind of was comparing it to Michigan, and to give you an idea, to answer your question, if you are familiar with the Ohio Medical Marijuana Program, it's very tightly controlled and regulated. There's very limited licenses and access, and it's resulted in higher prices, lower quality, less happy consumers. And when you compare that to like Michigan, it's more of an open free market. Um, there's not as big of a restriction. Um, and what you get there is very low cost, very high quality cannabis. So we know that what helps consumers is competition, is, is access. And what hurts the, the market and the consumer is limited access and limited and higher regulations. The more regulations, the, 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 less, the more stagnant the market's going to be. And so when 
you know, just the basics here. Let me just really give you a, a frightening statistic. And I'm not going to come out against this language and this initiative because there's a lot of good that comes from it. You know, it does legalize cannabis and, and it legalizes the cultivation and possession and it destigmatizes and, and protects people in a lot of ways and, and does a lot of things what I think uh, we need to do in terms of, you know, reducing the harms of this plant. But in terms of a market, at least initially, it is going to be very highly regulated and controlled. And, and here's the statistic that I found most shocking, to be honest. Right now in Michigan, there's about 500 recreational dispensaries. And there's about equally, there's really close to about 500 medical dispensaries statewide. Um, and what we see there is, again, um, high competition, low cost, high quality cannabis and products. So there's about 500 rec dispensaries in Michigan. The language in Ohio, at least initially, allows for about 50. We have 88 counties, so that's less than one per county. Right now there's 130 medical marijuana dispensaries in Ohio, to give you an idea. There's gonna be 50 adult use dispensaries in Ohio, um, at least for the initial handful number of years obviously this all can be changed it's going into the ohio revised code and legislators can change it um but it's going to be very regulated very limited access um very high prices um, it will uh encourage a black market it's gonna, we're going to have a thriving black market um so that's really, that's the nuts and bolts. There's a lot of details to it, you know, about limits and so forth. But, but ultimately, the, the, the market will be very highly regulated and controlled. And, you know, it'll, it'll probably be stagnated um, because of that. Yeah, um, that actually tags with one of the questions that I have for later on. But I will leave. Um, I'll ask the question in a different way, so it doesn't tag on the same thing. But uh, to both of you guys, why do you guys think legalization is so like important for the not just the Ohio community, but for the United States community? Like you know, not just and um, you know, we we know the statistics regularly will say that like police officers spend a lot of time like you know battling the kind of like awful and slow war on drugs than they have been doing for years uh since next thing you know then where cannabis has become like such a horrifying like thing to even have and the cops have been fighting so much what do you think legalization how would that help the communities that are being targeted for like you know cannabis and to, to say it in the best words like how would it help the potheads that are like smoking daily and getting arrested spending like you know or like your local marijuana dealer that's like spending 25 years opinion, decrim 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 um that takes the penalty out of it it makes the cops just kind of forget about it so that's why, why the decrim even though legalization is passing it's still only passing at two and a half ounces um so you got to keep in mind in cleveland you're going to be able to possess 
under 200 grams, but in some cities, you're still only gonna be able to possess under them two and a half ounces. So we really need to still push a statewide decrim to, to play, even it out for everybody in the state of Ohio. It's not fair that you might cross this border and be punished when you cross this border, you're not being punished. And it still has collateral consequences on people. So we really need to stick with decriminalization. Legalization is important as well. And legalization is happening state by state, which is basically what our decrims have done city by city. So I feel like it's showing our nation that, hey, legalization is gonna happen at a federal level at some point. Yeah, and I, I agree, I agree. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, it's very basic. It comes down to personal freedoms. And I'm not, I don't wanna come across like a personal freedoms guy. I'm coming from a perspective that I was an ADD kid, struggled in school, and and cannabis for me at the time it was called pot <laughs> or weed, and it was a drug. But but for some reason it 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 was a very positive. It had a positive effect on me and in my life it had a very positive throughout my entire life but but starting back when i was 14 years old made me a better student made me throughout my life a better person a better father um in many many ways and you know we know the truth now we know the truth we know what happened we know that this was always a medicine and always an herb and that it was wrongfully made into a drug by propaganda. I don't know how many of us don't know anymore, but our government can control what we think and can completely just change everything through misinformation. And that's what happened. And um, it was taken out of uh, the medical books and it was specifically forbidden to be taught. And it was, it was demonized as a drug. And so we know that now, we know what happened and we know the truth and now we're back and you know, uh, we have medical cannabis in 35 states and you know, adult use cannabis in uh, half the states and uh, we let kids use cannabis now for medical reasons. And so it comes down to, you know, are we gonna put our money where our mouth is? I thought this was the land of the free, home of the brave and all that. Well, then we have to put our money where our mouth is and let freedoms be freedoms. And, you know, this is a non-harmful herb. And the fact that we're still holding on to this and we're even having this conversation, just it just doesn't make sense to me. And so that's really I just I'm just ready for for, you know, this nonsense, um, this mind control about this substance to just be done with. And uh you know, and, and time will will prove that right, and um, there will come a day when this is not well. To be honest, it's 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 such a profitable commodity that's it's forever in the grasp of the the man now. But um, it, it it will lose its uh, uh, drug connotation, its its evil connotation, its. Um, negative connotation and um and that's really what what i'm excited about most well that is that is um 
good to hear. And you, you kind of like, I, I ask the question and then I go like, darn, Chad is like answering the next five questions, which I love because then when I ask the question, like he has a different answer for the next question, which is even amazing <laughs> how he can go around. So you, asked, you mentioned a little bit of the um, medical benefits and a question like, you know, legalization activists and like decriminalization activists regularly speak about the medical benefits of cannabis, which we all know, and like not just by, you know, firsthand, but we know by other people's stories, how beneficial cannabis can be. And by even like, there's like research done and a lot of big names behind it. So, but we have also seen how the medical industry, I'm referring specifically to pharmacies and, you know, all this capitalist industries have taken over and make it more of a capital for them and less of like, like slowly less for the people and a medicine. What do you guys think, um, how can we keep legalization to not be exactly like the medical program? How can we make like legalization be more free for the and more for the people than for the big companies like we don't want walgreens telling us you know this is how much you can buy or cvs you know so how can we keep it different than what it is right now in the medical industry like but make it more free and accessible for everybody and how can we change that like with legalization That's the, kind of like that one billion dollar question <laughs> i'm like i'm like well, go ahead so i'd like to hear the answer to that. <laughs> Go ahead. What, what's the answer? Um, upon it passing, I mean, get in the state house. But honestly, our legislators have once again failed us and not done what they needed to do. So it kind of kicks it back. Hey, hopefully legalization opens their eyes. They see that the system is still flawed and they're open to better ideas and suggestions for the future. How about you, Chad? Um, listen, I'm calling bullshit on all that. It's too late. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you, man. I'm not, I'm not happy about it, but it's too late, man. It's a, it's a, it's, it's the way, you know, listen, we, we got to start being honest with ourselves. Um, we live in a world where the legislators, they don't rule for us. They, they, they rule over us, and it's not about what's right for us. I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation if that was the case. Um, you know, we, we, we'd have to just completely start over, to be honest, and, and that's not happening. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really know, man. I, I don't have a good answer. I wish I did, but... Well, with it being an initiated statue after it's in place, they can go and amend changes to it to open it up to more dispensaries being allowed that they see that, that hey, we messed up on the access levels. Yeah. But that's things where the people have to get in there right away and immediately start letting them know their flaws because it takes them a very long time. And sometimes they don't listen. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. You'll be able to make changes, and they will. The point I was making is they will make changes, but it won't be for the benefit of us. It'll always be for the benefit of them, and that's fine. It's not like that's new. It's not like that's not the case already with everything. Um, but but to your point, uh, when I said there's 50 approximately uh, 50 dispensaries, that's initially... Um, I think there was initially 58 medical dispensaries, now there's 130. So, so clearly there will be changes, but um, to my point, I don't think it's going to have anything to do with the, the, 
the benefit or the will of the people. It, it's it, it, it's nothing does. But uh, maybe I'm just being cynical. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We we got to. Um... We doesn't see actually. We got to smoke in front of the state house, so that was um that probably make a big impact on the legalization part, and maybe they'll listen to us if we try to smoke again in front of them to get better changes to it. Um, we'll see next four twenty where we go with that. So, uh, next question for you guys is, and you probably answered this one throughout, but we'll hear so. SMC has been working on local decriminalizations, you know, meaning the no fines, no time, lower charges to no charges in some cities, um, decriminalization, like completely making the 200 grams like under and all that stuff. So is, was decrim the first step into legalization or like is decrim still going to be a thing after legalization? We've still gone around cities trying to make the cities change. Their, um, you know, their laws compared to the state or federal. How would that work? Absolutely. Go ahead, Chad. Yeah, I, I mean, the way the the law is written, or you know, and again, I'm talking about um, the uh, the ballot initiative. The way the the new legalization ballot initiative is written is that, um, in terms of possession. You, um, as, as Priscilla mentioned, you have two and a half ounces um, and 15 grams of extracts in terms of that's the limit that you can have. And then it says after that point, it refers back to the Ohio Revised Code. So like in a city like Cleveland, when you look at what they're allowed to have, they're not only allowed to have that two and a half ounces, they also can have up to... To it, 200 grams, or, or which is really about seven ounces. Um, so that's, you know, four and a half ounces more than you can have in, let's say, a city that's not decrimmed to 200 grams. So um, essentially, the law says after, you know, this legalization limit, whatever the law says, the Ohio Revised Law says, that's that's what you refer to. And so in those local decrimmed cities. They have home rule. They've already decided on that. So the the local decrims stay valid and, and effective. And, you know, I don't know how, how much um, they're going to be utilized after. I mean, maybe people are going to be happy at two and a half ounces. I, I don't know. Um, but it's certainly nice to have it. I'll tell you that, you know. Because they will police that limit. Make no mistake. I've learned uh, wherever you set that limit, they're going to police that line. So if you want it here, this is where they're going to police it. If you move it 15 yards down the road, that's where they'll police it. So, you know, it's it's something that's still valid and very effective. And we've got 3 million people protected. We're going to keep fighting to get them to keep pushing for decriminalizations in cities across that haven't in towns. So hopefully we see that number rise so that way they will realize like, hey, we're just gonna stop prosecuting for this. Hell yeah, definitely. Um, with that to add to, um, on April 20th this year, actually 2023, we had the largest smoke out out in the, Ohio, like literally in Ohio history in front of the um, steps of the state house here in Columbus, Ohio. Question for you, do you think that push the 
like elected officials and the people to also see the decrim and the legalization movement differently. Like they saw more action this year because legalization has been talked like we have talked about it for so long, but it has never been pushed until this year where we had like the largest event with people out there smoking. There was like free cannabis given to everybody. Everybody like smoke and sit there. I think, uh, how do you think that affected specifically how that affected like the vision and the views of the elected officials and the people that were not there, but are still like pro cannabis. How do you think that affected how they think about this? Well, let's clarify. It was cannabis, sativa A, CBD, um, and hemp, because that is statewide legal. Um, I think it did make a very strong statement um, because at the current moment of our event, um, the state has it to where you're not allowed to smoke cannabis, but you can smoke hemp by law. So I think it made a strong statement for them for the medical program as well in the future um, to allow smoking because that, that's been their big thing. It's about vaping and non-combustion. So I think it made a huge statement to our state. Um, it was a very exciting event. I was honored to be a part of it. And I, I think it does help to keep showing them like, hey, these things need to happen. You guys need to open your eyes. They allow people to go to a bar to drink. Why can't we have a cannabis consumption lounge where you have other cannabis consumers having conversations just like we're having right now on this podcast. There, there's nothing wrong with having these conversations in even open settings. So I think it does make a strong statement. How about you, Chad? Uh, do you, I don't know if you heard a question. I was asking uh, Priscilla about the 420 event. Yeah. How impactful do you think it was for the electoral officials and the people that were not there, but still like pro-cannabis? You know, I I, I really typically, I, I like to answer honestly, Juan. I do. Um, so I'm not going to lie to you. I want to. I want to. Believe me. I want to make it easy. <laughs> Yeah, man, we, we really hit them in the pants for that one. I'll be honest with you, I think it was another Tuesday, and they, they didn't even notice. Um, you know, again, the legislators, I don't think they care. I don't think they really care that much. Now, there might have been one or two that have, you know, a specific interest that might have, you know, been interested or curious. But in reality, I don't think, you know, I, I think legislators respectfully listen. I'm not angry at you. I get it. It's, it's the situation. If you're listening, no disrespect, but it's it's for very few of them. Is it about like real, like gonna help the people and all that? It's 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 not really what it's about. And um, ultimately, and I know that. And so I, I do think though that the 40 cities and you know the state capital. Uh, of Columbus, and then the next five size cities in, in terms of population, um, Columbus, Cleveland, Toledo, Dayton, all doing the, the no fine, no time. I mean, that's, I think that's made the most impact. And, you know, in terms of real, um, you know, that's in terms of, you know, what the constituents want. I mean, it's the cannabis uh, and 
ordinances are winning big all across the state from the largest city literally to the smallest village literally and um uh and i think that it's it's all impactful um but um yeah that that's that's really i think shown them that ohio's ready for it that is um it's good to hear both of, like the four and the opposing uh team that's why i put you both here because i like to hear uh <laughs> all the views always so as we know november will have like cannabis legalization will be on the ballot uh we've been talking about that through the podcast how do you think we can get the people that regularly like would never vote we have to be uh very honest about that i know people that didn't vote for 30 40 years and then you know in 2020 during the presidential election came out and vote how can we get people to go to this election now and vote for an issue like this people that still pro-cannabis but refuse to vote how can we get those people out what do you think will be the best option to do I feel like in previous years, even like through the decrim movement, they'll come out if they see cannabis on there. I feel like they're either the voters or they're not. Um, but we've also had statistics showing that we're polling at like, what, 70% the last um, for the Canton. Chad, do you remember? No, no, I'm not sure what <laughs> I, you're talking about. What, what polling? The decrim for Kent. I said Kent and Kent. Oh, oh that was uh, a really high poll. That was one of our latest. You know, and listen, ballot box is really a poll. I mean, you know, we're winning it above 70%. And I think um, that it's my opinion that the state, uh, if polled or went to the ballot, would, would vote for legalization. The question is, is in my mind, is, is, is the state going to? Uh, kind of sit idle and let this go through or are they going to oppose it who's going to oppose it how hard what's the message going to be because um, listen we again when it comes down to control of the of the mind of the voters of voters it, it's very easy for us as citizens to be controlled they lie to us they propagandize us and they tell us and they scare us And it's a question of who's got the most money, the most clear message. Um, and so it's very early. I haven't seen any advertising for this yet. So it's going to be, that's, to me, that's what it's going to come down to. Um, are they going to, you know, use scare tactics to, to try and get this killed or, you know, or not? How, how heavy, I mean, somebody's going to be opposed to it. How heavy is that opposition? That's going to determine if this passes. It has actually, I looked at the opposite website. If you go to Ballotpedia, it shows you who the opposing people are. There is, the only elected official currently opposes Governor Mike DeWine. But we all know that that guy is going to oppose because it's him. Uh, not to say too much about him in the podcast, maybe. <laughs> I'll get him one day to come to the podcast, who knows. So let me not trash on him right now. <laughs> so, and there is a group of people, but regularly, the people that are opposing is uh, some religious organizations and some um, like law enforcement, referring to police officers primarily and sheriff departments are the ones opposing. So they do have a little website with some marketing, which is like, uh, like choose jobs, not cannabis kind of like thing. And it has like some stock photo, a guy with a helmet working in a factory. They're like weird, but 
I don't know. They, they kind of like, we have the opposition already, but I don't think they're going to get there eventually. You know, speaking to that, you know, one thing that this uh, language does, like I think most uh, <clears throat> initiatives and in, in marijuana models, is that it leaves um, the, the strength in jobs and employers. So you still, it's a, it's a very heavy pro-employer language. Um, you know, you can still be fired. You can still, you know, they can still discriminate and, you know, uh, you can't, they can say you can't smoke here. I mean, you know, they still um, have the ability to, you know, not hire somebody if they want, uh, you know, that, that, that for, for any reason. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's funny that they would use that as a message. Yeah, they, they know what they're doing, I guess. So... Well, let me ask you now, before asking you the $1 billion question, since you, you already, I asked you already the $1 million one, how high are you guys right now? <laughs> I asked the question about 30 minutes ago, but I have to ask the game because I've seen, I seen you both hitting a little bit while on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, have to, have to. We're talking about legalization, <laughs> we're, we're going we're gonna to smoke a little bit. Absolutely. One, where's yours? <laughs> I don't know. I, I have the suit. I don't have it on right now, but I have the suit. The, the suit makes me high some, sometimes. So I know this is not a question that has a real answer, but on your opinion, personal opinion here, why the hell has it taken so long to like even come in the ballot for legalization? Why has it taken this long that like 2023 is the year, but it's been so long since people have been wanting to legalize it? What do you guys think? Big pharma, money, kept it away. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's it. Ultimately, that's it. That's, that's how we got in, into all this. <clears throat> Is um, the old, old, old thought die hard, you know? We celebrate the alcohol industry, the most dangerous drug, literally, um, on the planet, and uh, the most destructive drug. We, we celebrate that. And cannabis... They demonize. I mean, that that gives you a, a an insight into the world we live in. It's so, you know, this is big forces, man. Big forces. All right, and um, we're coming close to the end of my questions. Um, but what do you guys think on the drug abuse resistant education or dare program uh, created, you know, by the government, the lion, and all that other stuff? What do you, what are your personal thoughts on that? I mean that is propaganda. That's that's mind control. Make no mistake. That's mind control. It's propaganda. Um, listen, there's dangerous drugs out there, and I appreciate the you know uh, the education on dangerous drugs. But in reality, you muddy the waters when you lie to kids and tell them that cannabis is dangerous and addicting and harmful, and, and then it's not. Well, then what you said about opiates and, and meth isn't as impactful. I never lied to my kids for that reason. Like, I wanted them to trust me. Like, look, yeah, you can smoke weed. It's not that big of a deal. You see me do it a lot. It's not that big of a deal. But do not take pills. Whatever you do, do not take pills. Like, that's what I cared about. Like, and um, and because of that, it... it, it they trusted the message and i think that when you when you water down dare with cannabis 
it's less impactful um, and it's more propaganda. I'm right there with you. I seen, I was reading some t statistics on it. I don't even, I think they're actually active anymore like they used to be. Um, the program actually completely got defunded, so they have died. They're now just asking for donations pretty much. So they get donations, that's how they survive, but they're like, the government doesn't give them funds anymore. Yeah, I've seen that the school health teachers um, had better statistics than the DARE program did. <laughs> so that says a lot. Leave it up to, I would really say leave it up to the parents to have them open conversations. I've been very open with my children, with them growing up, letting them know it's a medicine and you will be around people who are using it, such as myself. Like, And so having them open conversations, they're not afraid and they know that other drugs are bad. And it's uh, good to hear that everybody here does not like the D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> Glad to hear that. <laughs> I had to sit through it. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too, actually. I was... I was this, probably like the winner, winner on that program. I was like number one student, like every day there, no matter what, even if I was sick, I used to make it just for that program. Um, I still have my certificate on my little like dare lion someplace in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so finishing with that, um, anything you guys would like to add on the cannabis topic, um, on what we talked today, anything extra that you guys want to put out on the table or for a little more conversation? How about... Uh, so unless you have another idea, how about we talk about the, the language specific? There's been some misunderstanding. I've heard um, people say, oh, it's like the medical, they're not going to allow combustion. Um, you know, let's, let's, how about, you know, if you've heard anything like that, let's talk about the language, the home grow. Can you grow inside? Can you grow outside? Like, you know, why don't we, I know we don't have a lot of time, but... Is there any uh, discussion on this language specifically, the details, Priscilla, that you can think of that are important to mention? Yeah, I mean, Priscilla, is there, is there, let's talk about this law specifically. Um, you know, what, what are your, what are your thoughts? What are your, what stands out? What, any questions? Um, what, what do you think? Um, I do like the fact that it is an initiated statute and not a full constitutional amendment. Um, so that way we do have the opportunity to amend. So I do think that is a bonus to the legalization. Constitutional amendment, I might have not been so pro. I'm pro-legalization, but this language might not have been what I was looking for as oh, far as a constitutional amendment. Yeah, if 50 dispensaries were locked into the Constitution, I would be much more concerned by far, by far. Yeah, and I think there will be some movement on that in the future. Um, and um, I think it'll just get better and better as you know time goes on. You know, you have yeah. to look at the long game, really, to be honest. Um, two and a half ounces. Um, that's pretty standard in all the state to be able to go into a dispensary and purchase. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I understood why they put it at the threshold they did versus the 200 grams. I do feel like that is still a set setback for our state. If we've seen it not hurting these other 39 cities, why not push for that 200 gram threshold? 
Yeah, yeah, that, that, that limit put forth in this initiative in terms of um, flower possession that you can, you know, transport and have is two and a half, it matches Michigan exactly, along with the 15 grams of concentrate, that also matches Michigan exactly. The one uh, big difference is the Michigan initiative allows 12 plants uh, per person up to 24 per house. Ohio is six plants per person up to 12. I'll be honest with you, I'm feeling okay with that personally. Um, you know, but that was six, um, like, so say you did get approved for the 12. This is where I kind of got a little confusion about it because it says about six seedlings and six mature plants. So in a household of two people, is that what it is supposed to be? Or is that, you know, I got to tell you, Jamie, pull it up. I, I really don't think it mentions seedlings and mature plants. Okay. Um, let me just pull up the language here specifically since we can. Um, I, I apologize. I don't want to waste any time in terms of the fill because um, it's 41 pages and I wasn't prepared for it specifically. But I don't believe it mentions that. And I could be wrong and I apologize if I am. Um, I'll keep looking, uh, Priscilla. Do you know that this does allow for outdoor cultivation? Um, so as long as you have it secured in a, in a, in a, like a greenhouse, let's say, and let's say you're driving down the street, you can't just see it. Um, you can grow outdoors, which is really nice. I'm very excited to hear that. Yeah. I was shocked to see that in there. Yeah. I would have been very disappointed. But to be honest, I'm pleasantly surprised. As you guys are also speaking, I'm also looking at my on my tablet over here, trying to find the all the stuff too that I have pull up. So I'm trying to just do get all that together too. So let me just read the language here. Uh, and again, I'm just going to read the pertinent language, and I'm not going to bore you with everything. It says. Not more than 12 cannabis plants are cultivated or grown at a single residence where two or more people uh, who are at least 21 years of age reside at one time. So that's, uh, that's it. That's all it says. It does not distinguish any type of plant. So I have to assume that six plants uh, or 12 per household limit includes clones, seedlings. Now, I think what maybe you're talking about is the cultivator language. So there is cultivator language in here. Like, you know, there's a level one cultivator with up to 100,000 square foot of growing space, level two cultivator with 15,000, um, and, and a lesser amount for a level three cultivator there, the language mentions specific uh, clones and seedlings and so forth. But for home grow, it, it just says six cannabis plants. So I, I think that is actually, I'm glad we had that conversation to, to clear that up. Yeah, thank you. 
Yeah, it, um, that's what I was like looking to. I was reading a little bit on the on the side of what you were saying earlier, and I was reading for the like pro-employer part, which when I was reading a little bit on that part too, it's kind of I was looking at it awful because a lot of people who think they might be free to just you know be get away from their employers doesn't seem like that's pretty much the real part of it right now. It seems like you're not getting away from your employer because they still get to make that rule, no matter how legal it is. They still get to make the rule if you can use it or not while working for them. Yeah, and that's true of, of any of any issue or substance. I mean, as an employer, I could say, I don't want to hire anybody that eats Oreos. And literally, that's legal. And uh, if, if you said, you, you said, well, I, I like Oreos, and I could say, well, you know what? Get out. Get out right now. That's that's legal to do, you Oreo-eating son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you know, and that's um, one part where things like that come up, which, like, that's what the one part that I, when I was reading, I wasn't much of a fan. And then you mentioned it, and I was like, okay, like, he's actually, like, I didn't read this part earlier, but now I'm like, have it here pull up, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is, like, so realistic and wow like the employer decides whatever the hell they want to do it's, doesn't sound fun at all yeah and that's just the way it is in ohio for now on every issue and, and it's always uh, it's it's just the way it is it's a strong lobby in the state um but um, but yeah this you know i gotta tell you i'm excited uh to vote for this uh, I will be voting for this. Um, I mean, this is regulation. You know what I mean? This is this is what it is. But it will legalize the plant. You know what I mean? You can no longer be discriminated against in terms of like right now. If I had the need for a transplant, and I told them I'm a heavy cannabis smoker, they could literally just not allow me to have that transplant. Um, that will no longer be allowed. Um, I cannot be discriminated against for housing, for for you know medical issues, and 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 you know police. So, you know, I think this is um, far from a a great you know open market that's going to thrive and you know be great for consumers. And but but um, I think that you know it's possible to get to that and. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to vote for it, really. Um, you know, throw some plants out in the yard one day and, uh, you know, and then fall, you know, be able to, you know, legally ha harvest that. That's, that's it. That's exciting. I don't know. Like, I, I heard, I heard um, it takes a lot of work to grow cannabis plants if you don't know how to do it. Because I have a friend who has about six. And, and well, she has them outdoors in Ohio. I'm not going to say too much about it, but, <laughs> and they are, I mean, they have grown them very well. I saw photos and it's like, holy shit. But I don't think like that I will ever be, I mean, I kill plants. Let's be very honest. I'm a plant killer. I can have the most simplest plant to take care of and I will kill it because that's me. But because <laughs> I'm awful at taking care of them, I guess. But like, I don't know. Like I see people like growing their cannabis and it's like, Wow, they really know, like, they really know what they're doing. It's amazing. Yeah, a lot of people grow cannabis for the weed, and then there's actually a lot of people that 
in addition to the week, they, they enjoy the, you know, the, the relaxation, the cultivation of, you know, cultivation. <laughs> it's therapeutic to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I know a, a gentleman, uh, a good friend of mine, I know very well. Um, I've known him about 10 years and, you know, he, he just enjoys, you know, he smokes a lot, but he just enjoys growing. I think it's, it's amazing. And, and I'm glad he has that outlet. Right. And uh, he'll be able to do that legally. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. And, um, you know, I live next to Michigan, one of the most open free markets with, in the in the entire United States, some of the lowest price, good quality marijuana. Um, you know, I'm normally 20 minutes from uh, a dispensary every single day, so I'm not that worried about it. I'm, I'm uh, excited that uh, uh, we're start the journey of um, you know decriminalizing and re-legalizing this plant to some degree, as regulated as it is. I'm still, I'm still excited for it. This plan is not bad enough, um, and, it, and like Priscilla said, it's not fixed into the Constitution. It can be amended, and, and it will be guaranteed. Um, it does uh, offer uh, get a 10% excise tax in addition to the state sales tax. Uh, it's a 10% excise tax, and again, I got to tell you, that's very reasonable. That uh, matches Michigan's very reasonable um my beautiful girlfriend just recently drove across the country and visited probably five states that have legalization and some of them have ridiculous taxes and you know i think it was illinois was up to 34 36 percent tax through the excise tax and the state tax and the county tax and the municipality tax just they were literally 34 to 36% sales tax. And it was super expensive. New Mexico, um, so I mean, I think 10%, I don't like the idea of an, of a, of an additional tax, but at the same time, um, I'd be willing to pay it to get legalization. And I think it's it, it could be worse, so um, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I was uh, thinking also, like, if, if it means that it will be legalized and pay that 10% more, but you can legally have it in your hands, I think it's worth it. I mean, I think it's a small sacrifice that I see worth, um, I guess, I see worth it compared to, you know, compared to 20 and 25 years in jail <laughs> over 10, 10% on tax. Like, I will pay the 10% taxation with no problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, same, same. I agree. I, and, and again, it literally could be worse. Um, you know, the, the one complaint I have is limited. It's, it's clearly a limited market. Um, but I'm hoping that that will be remedied in time. And, you know, in 10, 15, 20 years, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a much different landscape. And it all starts right here. Um, and um, I think Ohio, again, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of propaganda comes out against it. But, um, but I think uh, when it all, I'm going to make a prediction here. Um, I'm going to predict that this does pass in the state. 
that's that's uh, I'm calling it right now. Uh, we can come back and you know you can replay. I second that. <laughs> <laughs> we will we will come back on this uh, on like early January to give you guys like the holidays off. Uh, we'll come back on this <laughs> early January and see uh, what Chad's predictions were good. Um, I am gonna I'm gonna third that. I think uh, your prediction will be good, and I'm hoping that is good. Um, for the sake of Ohio let's and everybody. Let's see what percentage. Let's, let's, let's put a little deal of what percentage do you guys think it'll pass out? Mm, you're making it put interesting. A spin. <laughs> mm. um, you know, again, it's, it's hard to predict. It, it's, for me, it's going to depend on the opposition and uh, the message. But I'm going to just, I'm going to make a prediction here. Uh, Mystic Mike, I'm going to say 57% uh, in the state. 57% votes yes. I'm going to go a little bit higher than that. I'm going to say 62%. Okay, okay. Oh, I was going to, you see, you both are putting me in a spot because I was going to go with the 65%, but I think like with the level of people that are, have been waiting for this and the level of people supporting this not just online but i think they might go out and vote but you know what i don't want to be that optimistic so i might, I might say in the mid like 50s to 60s i want to say like 59 to 60 ish and you know honestly um i also feel just as comfortable saying 65 percent because <laughs> i do think people are just you know um ready right um you know, I think that uh, that it's 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 it wouldn't shock me one bit if this uh, got about above sixty five percent approval. It really wouldn't shock me one bit. Yeah, I think I mean the people of the people of Ohio have been asking for it too long already. So I personally think that like we have asked now we we're not gonna take the opportunity that are given us. You know, and that has been given to us by the people, actually, not even the elected officials, but the people that have, like, started this, like, you know, that opportunity. We're not just going to take it and, like, throw it right in the dumpster. No, like, if we've been trying for so long, I think it's now time for the people to put that effort and the use out in the streets to just go and fill a little bubble in the ballot. I mean, you don't have you don't have to know everything else in the ballot. Like, honestly, I have friends that have sometimes go to vote for one thing. And they don't care about anything else in the ballot. And you don't have to fill the whole ballot. Just fill that spot. I mean, if you don't know the other things, do your research the day before or, you know, just don't vote for them. But vote for legalization. Yeah, no, it's, <clears throat> I, I definitely predict a victory. I think it's, um, I think it actually kind of helps that we've gone through this once as a, as a state and um, I think that's going to play into the psyche of people a little bit. Um, you know, this plan, I have to say, you know, when looking at it, I'd say it's fair. I'd say it's fair. It's, it's not ideal, but it's certainly fair enough that uh, it's acceptable to uh, get, get started in our state. And let's, let's see where we can take it. But, uh, yeah, we need, to, we need to get away from the status of criminal and illegal for sure um, and I I think we're at a point where um, you know I don't know who's really behind this initiative but they seem to be very smart to me um, they played it really well so far 
So I mean, I'm excited uh, to see what happens. You know, just kind of as a as a political junkie to see how this plays out. I'm really, I'm, I'm almost just as excited about that as the actual uh, new law. To be honest, <laughs> you know, you just said political junkie, and um, when I started this podcast, actually before I started, the idea for the name was political political junkie because really? I am a huge, I'm a huge fan of this podcast called crime junkie with actually flowers which is like true crime the most stereotypical kind of podcast out there um but I started like from the beginning so I was like okay you know what political junkie sounded kind of like a good name but then I was like ooh, I think if I add like a little bit of that spice that Puerto Rican part like I make it a Spanish word it might it might just catch up a little bit more with people <laughs> I, I I like both, but I I I have to agree. I, I was really impressed with uh, with what you went with. So, anything <laughs> else that you guys want to add to the add-on already? Go vote. <laughs> We need that yes support. Uh, yeah, no, guys. Uh, listen, I just want to say I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and uh, chat with you guys, and uh, it's been super fun. And uh, Priscilla, we're gonna get you on the Flat Earth podcast next. <laughs> nice. Chat, listen, Chad is trying to make his own podcast, and he wants me to co-host it. So we'll think about that. We'll put that up next. Uh, so thank you That'll both. Be actually, awesome. Thank you both for joining. Uh, we will. Come back in like mid-January, I will say, to see how the election and all goes in Ohio. So thank you so much both for joining. Um, thank you to all the listeners. And remember to support a podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You give us a five-star review. That'll be great. So we'll see you in the next podcast or you listen to us, I guess. <laughs>